Hey guys, I'm Jen, and thanks for checking out my podcast, My Streaming Bubble. It's where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. Why did I start this podcast, you ask? That's a good question. Thank you for asking. Well, it all started because I'm a really good show watcher and a really good show talker, and my boss told me to stop doing it at work all the time. So a podcast was born. Every episode, myself and someone that I tolerate will be talking about whatever recent binge obsession or rewatch we've just put ourselves through. So please consider this your spoiler warning. Spoilers for not only the show we're dishing about, but whatever else might pop up during our little chat. Anyways, thanks for joining us in my streaming bubble, and I hope you enjoy it. Keep streaming. So we'll do a quick intro. Should I test my mic? No, I did a quick um, record check when you came um, before you got over here. So you should be good. I made some tweaks to the dials just to make sure. So Okay. <clears throat> You're going to be on the microphone. So, all right. Hi, I'm Jen, and... Welcome to my streaming bubble, where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. Today, I'm tolerating my bestie, Jill. Hi. Hi, guys. <laughs> um, and today, we are going to be talking about um, Netflix's, Netflix's first season, Dead to Me, starring Christina Applegate, Linda Cardellini, James Marsden. Heart, heart, heart. So... You know, tons of spoilers, obviously, um, but we'll go ahead and get right into it. So overall, how much did you love Dead to Me? Can I just say that I loved the chemistry between Christina Applegate and Lin- Linda Cardellini. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they were amazing together. They really were. And I forgot how much I love Christina Applegate. She's kind of an underrated actress. And I agree. She, she, like her, this care. I I don't know if this character was wrote for her, but it almost seemed like, like it was just like she was just playing. She she, she her, played the character a role perfectly, of, a role of herself. Um, I yeah, I agree. I at one point in one of my notes, whatever episode it is, where she's like at the dance class or dance practice. I was just like, damn, she still got it. Yeah. She's hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that too. And she's come a long way from, um, you know, Kelly. Kelly Bundy. Um, Kelly Bundy, yeah, and Married with Children. Um, but, and even like, I was thinking back at like all the movies that she's been with, uh, been in. Um, the one with her and Salma Blair and... Um, <gasps> um, the Sweetest Thing. The Sweetest Thing. And... Um, Cameron Diaz. Yes. I love that movie. Yeah. That's, that's one a, of my favorite movies. That's a great movie. And I think that's when I like my my renewed love for her started because, mm-hmm. you know, I love Married with Children growing up. It was just like a thing we watched around mm-hmm. my house. And then I saw that movie and I was like, <gasps> like she can be she's still funny, but she's actually a really good actress. Yep. And then, yeah. And then just, you know, that movie as, as well, just kind of one of the first like. 
raunchy rom-coms, you know, for the for the women or whatever. I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, they make a lot of dick jokes and <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. I was like, this is awesome. You know, someone Blair getting stuck on the dick during the during the mouthy scene is just and then to sing and relax and then everyone's singing. I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> this is awesome. Makes me want to watch that movie again. Same, same here. Um yeah, no, and I think, and I agree. The chemistry between um, Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini was just—it was just magic. They worked so well together, and then the characters themselves, just the complete opposite, you know, kind of odd coupley pairing um, under insane circumstances. Uh, Just—I don't know. I just—I loved. It just worked perfectly. And a couple of times I'm just like, I just, I love these two together. Mm -hmm. They're the best. Yeah. They were, they were a really good, um, like whoever decided to pick those two as the actresses, um, did a really good job. Um, and can we talk about James Marsden for a second? Sure. Okay. I've loved James Marsden since way back, like disturbing behavior and... (gasps) Um, oh my god! He, I forgot about that movie. Yeah, I loved that movie. And um, oh, what was the book based on? Brett Easton Ellis's, mm. or the movie based on his, one of his books. But anyways, he was in that too. Um, with like James Vanderbeek was in it, and um, I don't know. It's it was like a late nineties movie. Was it? Um, it wasn't Varsity Blues. No, oh, shoot. It's no, because Chris Evan. No. And I don't remember, but um, yeah. Ever since then, I've I've loved him. He plays such a good creep. He was I didn't I love I, him, but I did not like I did the not Steve character. I did not like Steve at all. Mm-mm. I wanted to knee him in the balls and mm-hmm. then punch him in the face. Yes, <laughs> I found him to be yeah really creepy. Um, very you know clearly like manipulative. Mm-hmm. Um, over Judy, Linda's character um but there was and is like troublesome and like kind of problematic as their whole like relationship was i did i did kind of enjoy like their little bit of banter when they'd get back and forth and um she would say something and um steve would get kind of defensive and then immediately she apologizes and oh it's okay but it was just like the quick back and forth back and forth and I found it somewhat comical, but at the same time, like, kind of upsetting in that they've been in this, like, toxic back and forth relationship for so long that that whole, like, I, her being like, I'm obviously upset about something and him being like, well, whatever. And then her being like, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, well, that's okay. like that whole kind of conversation back and forth was so embedded into their relationship that it just bounces back and forth and then they just carry on with their conversation i'm like you guys are so fucking weird yeah very awkward to watch them interact and like he was emotionally abusive like Mm -hmm. like, i'm sorry that's okay really why would you have to be sorry about how you feel exactly or what you're thinking yep um yeah i wanted to just punch him Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i was very like i was really happy when judy started dating nick um the ex-cop that they met at at the retreat at so when that episode started, I was like, oh, that's nice. You know, like Jen's going to have a little vacation, get away. Oh, it, she just signed on for the grieving retreat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing, Judy? Why are you, why are you 
it's one thing to like flirt and mess around and not really know he's a cop until like you figure out he's a cop Mm -hmm. but then you just keep dating him like in the situation that you're in do you think it's really wise to be dating a cop at this point i felt like she in a a sense wanted to get caught and that's Mm -hmm. why she kind of kept putting herself in those kind of situations before we found out nick was a cop i was like you know excuse me good for judy getting out there it was almost like um it's almost like you know jen being like the loud and aggressive one um, I loved her meditation style of like sitting in her car and listening to like death metal <laughs> and like screaming and crying super loud. I was like, yeah, I can relate. Um, but it seemed like they were kind of because during the retreat episode, yep, it, it's almost like Judy kind of stepped out of her world and who she was and was like, you know what, fucking, I'm gonna be a little more wild, mm-hmm. maybe something more along like Jen style, more unpredictable, I guess. Um, whereas Jen, cause what she was kind of went in looking to maybe like hook up and, um, blow off some steam. And really she had like a nice little conversation with, um, the preacher guy that was like head of their little grief group. And I'm like, well, in the end, they both kind of got what they needed. Judy needed some dick and Jen needed a good talking to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I'm like, yeah, I just kind of felt like in a way they're they just took a page out of each other's books in a sense, you know, that where the relationship was going that they're like, I'm going to I think be Jen like my figured friend. out too. Like she's not she's not ready to date and yeah. um just like she's not she's not over Steve and mm-hmm. you know that whole I think it just kind of solidified like what she thought, you know, where she was at in her head. It was really like where she was. Like mm-hmm. she just she can't handle that right now. She can't do it. Yep. And it's good that she was able to figure that out like on her own, you know, instead of just being told, Oh, don't do this. And you know, or just like doing something like, because you feel like maybe you have to do it mm-hmm. to see what the consequences are, or what yeah. the, like the result would be. Um, just kind of backing out. Like, you know, like, yeah. you know, it's not right. So just backing out. Mm-hmm. Gotta respect that. Absolutely. I, uh, so let's see. Oh, when so you know, after the first couple episodes, well after the first episode, I wasn't I was very weary by the end of the episode. I was like, is Judy who she says she is? You know, I didn't after a while I I didn't even believe like the miscarriage story mm-hmm. until um Jen went over to their house and then you saw the nursery. And I was like, Oh, that's sad. So at first, yeah, I wasn't, I was very weary, very sketchy of, of Judy, but then I'm like, okay, she's good people. Oh, except for killing Jen's husband. It also makes me wonder how long she's been kind of in the fringe of Jen's life. Like Mm -hmm. how long she's kind of been like, you know, like watching from the outside and figuring out like, did she have a plan to go to that grieving group? specifically to meet Jen. I mean, it kind of seems like yeah. that. Like, she was stalking her. Yep. She Yeah, because she was just... She felt super guilty. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think... Yeah, it's... I would assume almost after it happened, you know, found out who it was, and then, you know, okay, so then, you know, because they print all the names and everything, you know, obituary, obituaries and everything. So... 
figured, yeah, Judy figured all of that out. And then, yeah, just kind of a little light stalking until <laughs> <laughs> she was able to make her move and everything. So I kind of wish the show would have touched on how she did find out exactly um, who Jen was in mm-hmm. relation to the do they hit, like how, like you said, obituaries and stuff, you can probably figure that out. But like what led her down that path of finding Jen or um, why she felt the need to become part of Jen's life. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of guilt and yeah, I guess that's just kind of what I had just assumed was like, okay, you know, you kind of, after a while, you know, after I was like, okay, well I can trust Judy ish. Um, that was just my take on it. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, so she's clearly a sensitive person, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and that's what she needed to do to try and ease her conscience. Cause clearly Steve was like, eh, whatever. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't seem like it affected Steve very much. I think he was more worried about just getting away with it and getting mm-hmm. away from it. Yeah. Um, I'm just kind of moving on with his life. Like he just didn't fucking give a shit. Yeah. Nothing off his ass. So, um, the kids, the oldest son, <clears throat> I kind of, I kind of see where like the oldest kid was coming from being just a dick to the mom, you know, being a dick to Jen and everything. Cause he clearly he's grieving and going through his own shit as well. But then that whole part with like, um, selling the pills and then having the gun in his backpack. I was like, God damn dude. That's yeah, a bit much. It's a bit much. And that Jen didn't know that she got the pills from her own medicine cabinet mm-hmm. because her husband was taking them. It's like, how do you not know what kind of prescription drugs your husband is on? It, it, so it kind of spoke to their relationship at that point in mm-hmm. their lives. Like they didn't, they didn't talk. They didn't right. share things with each other. Right. Um, Cause I think that was after, yeah. After Jen found out about the husband having like a year long affair, with some 20 year old waitress mm-hmm. where he like told her my wife died. Like, damn, that is fucked up. Like, you're just going to kill off your wife for a whole year. So I was like, mm, I don't like him. <laughs> I like the reveals, though. Um, yeah, the reveals were good. That one was pretty just like. <gasps> and then you found out, too, that, you know, the reason like she had the double mastectomy because mm-hmm. her mom had died from breast cancer. And so following that, like their marriage kind of. Like they didn't mm-hmm. have, they weren't having sex and like their marriage was kind of falling apart and yep. they got, you know, it just kind of revealed like more of the backstory of yeah. he wasn't out for a run. He ran away yeah. from the house and they'd been fighting all the time. They'd been fighting. And so, um, when that was revealed, I was like, Oh yeah, that was, there's more, more to that story. And they did a really good job episode by episode, just kind of peeling back each layer and each reveal. And like, I think there was one episode that's just titled, Oh my God. And I probably said, Oh my God, like 18 <laughs> times in 30 fucking minutes. Cause I was just like, Oh my God. <laughs> what an aptly titled episode. <laughs> um, but no, they did um, did a great job, yeah, with the pacing of the season and just kind of little by little, everything coming out um, was very good. I mean, it was a fairly small cast. Um, I really like Jen's real estate part- partner, Christopher. Yes. yes. He, he was a little bit of a 
comic relief in a way. And I felt like he kept Jen, like he tried to keep Jen grounded as, mm-hmm. you know, as angry and, you know, flying off the handle. Explosive. But um, I really, I just really enjoyed his character. Yeah, a little bit more. And I like that. Um, and just kind of the representation of, um, you know, an out gay man, a big active member of a church. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just like kind of that level of representation. He was in charge of like the kids choir or whatever and got the youngest son involved because clearly he needed some sort of outlet as well. Right. Um, so I thought that was good. And I was glad that Jen let the youngest son kind of eventually participate in that. And then, yeah, Christopher, a little bit more Christopher would have been nice because, yeah, like you I said, agree. he was he was like the like you're dealing with all these kind of shitty people and he was kind of like a bright star like mm-hmm. oh you're not so shitty you're yeah. like you've actually got a decent heart mm-hmm. we think yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah ab- absolutely and i was a little upset when he bailed on jen from a working standpoint um but man i get it you know he's just like look i'm i'm trying and i'm doing like everything and you need to kind of figure your shit out mm-hmm and then join the rest of us kind of yeah. thing. So it's a hard relationship. I mean, they mm-hmm. relied on ch- on each other. Yeah. In their real estate biz and mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, you can't call somebody a vapid bitch <laughs> in the middle of a showing <laughs> and expect it to be okay. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, that typically typically doesn't work out so well for for everyone. Um how much did you love Lorna, the mother-in-law? <laughs> The actress that played her did a remarkable job with um, me hating her. Mm-hmm. Like my, like I ended up just hating her on so many levels. Um, so the actress that played her, I don't know her name, but she did a great job. Um, and just the the competition between her and Jen of like who was grieving more mm-hmm. or who lost more. Yeah, I. It just made me sick. Yeah. It see, and I I loved Lorna for all those same horrible like for all her horrible things about her. I was just like, you are cold and petty and bitchy and like passive aggressive mm-hmm. and some you know kind of kind of Emily Gilmore esque in that sense. Oh sure, <laughs> yeah. Um, so. I, I, I mean, yeah, she, the character is just fucking terrible and I, but I still loved her <laughs> for all her terribleness. Yeah. And like, she got some good digs in when, um, I think it was the oldest boy was like, oh, I want to go live with mm-hmm. grandma. And I'm just like, are you that one? I was just like, mm, but is she filling his head with, you know, a bunch yeah. of bullshit? Like, I don't know. That was kind of out of left field, but yeah, she was, I love to hate her. Yeah. She was a pretty terrible person. Yeah, I can't think of the actress's name, but I know I've seen her in plenty of other things, and I've always enjoyed the characters that she's played. I this was... is when we need a Steven, so he could be on the Google. I know. We need a Steven. I don't know any Stevens. Mm. I mean, the only Steven I, only other like Steven-ish person I know is Marty, and I keep constantly reminding him I'm not paying him. So <laughs> he does as little as possible for me. <laughs> I mean, you could pay him in like a, I don't know, what is he like, baked goods? <laughs> um, 
I don't know, beer. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, oh, I liked um, kind of their their little like um, grieving, like their little balloon thing that they did mm-hmm. um, in episode three. And I, th- I just in general, I thought that was kind of a nice idea, a nice thing to do, like a remembrance kind of thing. Um, oh, yeah, because then I think in that episode, too, I think there was competition between Jen and Lorna on who was mm-hmm. having like a, a wake or because Lorna memorial. wanted to have like a some sort of party for him because it was his birthday, I believe the birthday. That's what it was. Yes. And then Jen was like. Absolutely not. And then <laughs> she's like, "We're doing this Judy, Judy goofy was thing." Like, yeah, let's do it. And um, I think just out of spite, mm-hmm. Jen held it at her house. Mm-hmm. I really liked it too. I liked um, at the end. I th- I think it was at the end of that episode where one of the balloons came back and yes. it was like floating. Yes, and I was worried it was going to be Judy's. Judy's balloon. note. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was glad it wasn't because I was like, okay, that would have been a little too predictable, and it was. It was the sun. Yeah, it was the sun. Yeah. Um, I liked, oh, what was I going to say? Um, I think that was during the part two where like, oh, yeah, because I think the boys, the kids destroyed that god-awful cake that Lorna had made of um, yeah. like her and Steve, or not Steve, Ted when he was a baby. Yes. And there was a bird sitting there yes. like eating the cake. Because the youngest in the, I think, beginning of that episode was like, that's dad. And yeah. <laughs> like he saw a bird and um, Judy was like, oh, that's that's your dad mm-hmm. coming to say or coming to visit you or whatever. So mm-hmm. I love that Jen was like trying to talk to the bird mm-hmm. and then the bird flew away <laughs> and she's like, well, fuck you. <laughs> Try something new. She's like... I just loved, I loved that whole scene. I did too. Um, and then, yeah, I liked that it was the oldest son's note. And I think it was a note about like playing the video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause then that's how, cause then Jen logged on and she's like, Hey, it's mom. And you know, we'll do some gaming. And that's how she found out about the affair. About Bambi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause my note ends with, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Bambi 88. Ugh. Which I'm guessing 88 means the year that she was born. Yeah. So she's all of what? I can't do math. 30. 20? No, she's in her 30s because my brother was born in 88. So 31. Okay. So there's a seven year difference. Okay. If I done math, if I done did my math right, no guarantees on it. Oh, yeah. And then there was like a scene where we see Steve waking up in the morning to some god awful like Stuart Smalley, you're good enough, smart enough. <laughs> type positive reinforcement shit and I was just like you're so gross I hate you so much he's such a douche such a douche that's just it just validates how douchey he is Mm -hmm. like those self-help um meditations yeah yeah and like the whole barf their their whole house you know and Jen makes that comment of like you couldn't even tell Judy lived there it was Mm -hmm. all Steve. It was Very like, man-ish. Yeah, minimalist, boring, just kind of cold. And, cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Hi, Stella. We do have another special guest with us today. Stella the dog. Hi, Stella. Hi, Lala. She's wagging her tail. She's looking at Jill <laughs> like, the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> Hi, baby. <laughs> ah, now she's licking my face. <laughs> no, stop. Kisses. Kisses. Um... 
So, you know, getting into like more of the episode or more of the season and everything, we find out some more of the twists and turns, such as like that art studio. So first of all, the storage units, you know, um, Judy has her car in one of the storage units. And then she's like, tells Jen, like, oh, I know of a storage unit place to clear out to hold the stuff from like the pool house. Mm -hmm. And then you find out that they're right fucking next to each other. Like. How is that girl not just, like, freaking out all the time? Like, clearly, I just, the whole season, I'm like, she wants to get caught. She's doing all these little things to, like, try and casually get caught without actually, like, coming forward and being right. like, I did the bad thing. Right. Um, so there was, like, that one. And then there was, like, yeah, the art studio. And who was it? Nick, I think, first went to the art studio. And you saw all of, like, Judy's art. That was a, like that's like her studio. That was like all her stuff. And they were selling for like thousands of dollars. And then I'm like, why is she homeless? I didn't understand. Like she's selling these paintings for a lot of money. And then you come to find out that like Steve owns the building or the space or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, my God, yeah. the plot thickens. And then Nick being there and talking to Steve. And then did I already say I was very upset with Judy for fucking Steve when she was dating Nick? Because I was very upset with Judy for fucking Steve when she was dating Nick. (laughs) No, you didn't say that. But I know Nick was so patient and he wanted Mm -hmm. to take it slow. Mm -hmm. And he brought her pie, a slice of pie. He took care of her when she wasn't feeling well. He was a good guy. He was a good guy. And she kind of shat on him. Mm Mm-hmm. Because stupid fucking Steve is in her head. Yeah. And I don't get it. Like, he treats her horribly, demeans her, Mm -hmm. talks down to her. But she still wants that thing with Steve and having his child. Yeah. And it's like they did, you know, I think they showed a little bit of a flashback to when Steve gave her the car. Mm -hmm. And granted, it was like a split second flashbacky moment. And they... In that moment, they seemed genuinely happy. And I'm like, well, maybe at first, when they first started dating, or because I don't remember if they ever said how long they had been together, been dating or whatever, but like maybe it's just, um, yeah, maybe in the beginning things were great. And then maybe as his career took off and her being more of like the art artist type, completely different personality types, um, you know, then maybe like Steve started to change, but then maybe she just felt like she couldn't leave or didn't want to. And maybe the changes within Steve were so subtle over time that it wasn't like an overnight, all of a sudden he's a giant douchebag and just kind of became that. Cause in the scenes where he's in the office, like Judy or Jen comes in, he's always having some wildly inappropriate conversation or comment, right? As someone walks in, um, can't remember anything because it's been a while since I watched it but like I know there was like one conversation and he's just being a womanizer and he's being gross mm-hmm. and then yeah Judy or Jen walks and he's like oh okay and I'll call I'll call you right back it's like oh you're gross I think he's always just been that way and maybe yeah. it's gotten worse over time yeah and their relation you know the miscarriages and all of that mm-hmm. probably just he stopped caring and he stopped caring like what he said to her, how he treated her. Yeah. Um, but she still wanted to keep trying. Yeah. Like trying to fix something. Yeah. And I think he just gave up. Because I think she's just a carer, like a fixer. 
you know, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, seeking out Jen to try and help slash fix what she, what it, you know. What's, what she's going through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but. And to ease some of her guilt at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I loved the detective assigned to the case. And I like that she was just kind of like not having any of Jen shit. Mm-hmm. It's like Jen totally needs that. And then she made the comment to Jen about like the white wine vigilante or something. Cause she was like chasing down, like Jen was chasing down like the one speeder in the oh, neighborhood. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and the then she I, threw a rock at yeah. or something. <laughs> and he called her I, a bitch. And I missed the whole white wine vigilante. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> um, Cause then, yeah, she and because then Jen went and confronted that guy, went to his house under the pretense of like you know her you know being the real estate agent and your your house could be worth all of this, trying to scope out for the car, and then they go in the garage and she gets in the car, and I'm just like SSDGM, like get the fuck out of there, yeah, that <laughs> was hard that to situation. watch. That was really hard to watch. But she what broke is his- it with fucking men Ugh. and just being Gross. slime balls? Ugh. Yeah. They've been allowed to be gross for too long. Too many slime balls. I think mm-hmm. the only redeeming man in that show, besides Christopher, of course, um, was Ed Asner's <laughs> character. <gasps> yes, Abe. I, I really liked him. I, um, yeah, in my little notes, every time he popped up, it was just Abe and then a bunch of hearts. <laughs> so then when he died, I was like, fucking of course, because I loved him too much. And I haven't learned my goddamn lesson that the more I love a character, the more likely they are to fucking die. Hi, Stella. She just bumped my foot. I saw that. I don't know if she wants me to rub her butt or just be quiet. Do you need to go outside and go potties? You Mm. don't know what you need. She's like, I think I'm done being in this room. Yeah. (laughs) We can open the door. See if she wants to wander the basement. And then, yeah, like, oh, one of my notes says (laughs) the vodka kicked in. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how much I wrote for that episode. (laughs) Where? Uh, episode nine. Oh, at the top, I see. Oh, v- yeah. The vodka kicked in. <laughs> oh, so that must have been when she, um, Jen was dancing. So I was like, Christina Applegate is so fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Abe was just a sweetheart. And I love Ed Asner. And I will be sad when he goes. Mm. I can't, I didn't know he was still alive, to be honest with you. That was, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, oh yeah, there's like the one scene where it's like Jen and Nick and Judy, they've got like the list, one of the lists, like of everyone that owned the car where like, yeah, where those different cars were registered. And like Judy's just in the back seat, just sweating, just looking like shit. And I was like, she's either going to die or pass out. Oh my God, that poor woman. Linda portrayed that character so, like, the, just the spectrum of emotions, mm-hmm. like, the grief and the the guilt. And, like, I feel so bad right now. I'm going to puke in a sink, you know? Like, <laughs> like she, yeah, she just, she did an amazing job. And it was comical, too, though, at the same yeah. time. Yeah, yep. They did a good job of really kind of, like, balancing out all the different emotions. Mm-hmm. Um like you said, like they're grieving and then something funny and then something like, oh, my God. Yeah, they did. They did a great job. One review I watched, um, they're just like, oh, the tone was kind of all over throughout the season, but it worked. And I think the reason why that it worked is since the base of it is really 
grieving and trying to get over grief. At least that was kind of my take on it. Grief takes you down all sorts of crazy ass fucking paths. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no straight line when it comes to grieving. And one minute, yeah, you are angry as fuck. And the next minute you are just, you know, wine drunk by the pool or whatever. And, you know, to like get laid or something. So I felt like, I felt like, yeah, kind of having that tone all over, it worked because that's just how life and feelings work. Yeah, I I wrote some, because some of the themes from the show that I got was, you know, grieving, um, friendship, secrets, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. friendship built on secrets. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the trust and the mistrust of that, I guess, mm-hmm. which kind of... In episode 10, which was the season finale, Mm -hmm. Jen shot um, Steve. Mm -hmm. So now they've both have killed each other's like significant other partner, what have you. So now they have this shared thing. Jen knows about the car accident. And then obviously Judy knows that. Um, Jen shot Steve and now they have this shared secret of like they killed each other's partner what are we how are we moving forward from this now we don't actually see Jen shooting Ted we know Jen's there and she has the gun and she was pointing at Ted so obviously it's assumed that it's implied it's implied but maybe I'm I'm, that might be a twist I'm wondering if maybe it wasn't one of the kids oh somehow but where would the kid get a gun where did the oldest kid get the gun in the first place? Was that already like the dad's gun? Yeah, it was in the safe. Yeah, it was in the safe. Okay, in the the boathouse or whatever that little yeah thing was, that cabin. Jen had said that she didn't know the the combination to the safe throughout the whole season, and then yeah, after she finds out finds out the truth and everything, she went in and and got the gun. I remember her going and getting the gun out of the safe. I don't remember her putting it back. I thought Nick took the gun from the kid. I don't remember. So was that gun not the dad's gun that he took out of the backpack then? I don't think so. Oh. I might need to go back and rewatch like that episode and then maybe the last two episodes. Yeah, now I'm doubting what I thought I remembered. Yeah, because I thought... And maybe I just... And maybe the kid did mention that it was... The dad's gun or something that he got it out of the safe. I, I or we just assumed it. Maybe yeah, it somehow. But um, yeah, I'll have to go back and rewatch that episode. So, based on what I had originally thought that the oldest son acquired a gun just randomly on his own, assuming Nick took it. Maybe he had another gun or something, or who knows? Maybe the younger kid came across something, or maybe they threw a rock at him and bled out. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, because you see, you see Jen, and then it pans to him, and isn't he just like floating in the pool? Yeah, after yep, after Je- after Judy shows up because Jen calls. Um, yeah, then it's just Steve bloody floating in the pool, and them kind of standing there, just like, well, shit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, and I am glad that they have been renewed for a second season because I'm very curious to see how that's all gonna play out. Um, in the next one. Well, 
I'm pretty sure his death was an accident. It was not a natural death. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, how are they, are they going to, how are they going to play What kind of up? shenanigans are they going to get into in season two? Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I was, so that was kind of one of my final thoughts. Um, I feel like it was somehow Charlie or even Henry. I never even thought about that angle. So, oh, and I did, but I did like Jen kind of like the scene leading up to that. Jen just calling Steve out on all of his shit. Yeah. And then some other questions that I kind of had too. Why um, was, why was he at? Jen's house in the last episode. Was he looking for Judy? Oh yeah, he was, he was because Judy took out. Oh, she cleared all the out money, the accounts. Yes, and so he came over there because he knew that she was staying there. Okay, that's why he was there. Yeah, but what did Jen? What triggered Jen to just like go off on him on all of his bullshit? Um. Well, you know, Jen is an angry person, <laughs> right? So, um. Yeah, I don't who I, I don't recall how it all started, but you know, Jen already being mad with Judy and I think knowing that Steve was also involved, like involved. also there and basically was kind of the the one to be like to to try and cover it up, you know, so that they didn't get into trouble. Maybe it was Jen just kind of feeling like, yeah, it was Steve's fault that um, in a sense, her husband had died without that kind of closure of knowing who had done it. Mm-hmm. Um, would be my guess. I was also, I had this idea that, because you know how Steve has been um, like manipulative mm-hmm. and emotionally abusive mm-hmm. to Judy's character. Um, I, I, I almost thought where they were going to go with this is that he was actually driving and he made her think mm-hmm. that she was it was her fault um mm-hmm. like some sort of distraction or i don't know just sure. messing with her head sure. because you know she does seem a little unstable like uh, yeah. maybe you could convince her like yeah you were the one that was driving you were the one that this yep. is all your fault cuz then you know like yeah my i had questions written down because you know at first i wondered was the stress of knowing what she had done was that what caused the miscarriage? Mm. Um, I can't remember if they... Anyways. But then, yeah. The other questions I had were, where were Judy and Steve coming from? And mm. why was Judy driving? I mean, it was her car. We saw that it was gifted. You know, Steve had given it to her. So mm-hmm. sure. But she already looked kind of stressed out driving. when, Like when... Like she's kind of like up... Like on the wheel, she already looks a little like, uh, like I don't know this road, a little, like a little stressy. And then, yeah, then something happened and then she hit Ted. Were they arguing? Uh, I don't remember that they were arguing. Um, Cause I remember when it was shown that Steve was also in the car, just the shot was um, profile of Judy kind of close up hitting the thing or, you know, hitting the thing, hitting Ted. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, like, Steve almost, like, sitting up, like he was maybe reclined in the seat, mm. um, kind of sitting up and being like, what the fuck was that? So in my mind, I'm like, maybe they're coming from some fancy Steve's job party, 
and Steve had gotten all hammered mm-hmm. and Judy didn't and had to drive and maybe they had fought or something because she didn't look like she was having fun. Right, right. <laughs> she looked a little stressed about the driving situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't like driving at night either, so I get that. I have night blindness. Do you? I hate driving at night as well. I, um... I don't know that I have that, but I just, I don't like driving. I just, I have shitty eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, yeah, because then where was Judy during all of that when Steve was confronting? When Steve was confronting Jen, Jen at yeah. the house? Judy gave her the money. Oh, so, oh, that's right, because Judy cleared out the accounts and gave Jen the money. Maybe that's why Steve was there. Maybe he knew that Judy had. Well, I mean, he knew the accounts were cleared. He knew the accounts were cleared. I think he was there to look for for Judy Judy to get. He knew of their close relationship, Um, and at that point, I don't think Jen knew where Judy was. Yeah, Um, I can't even remember where Judy was. Judy went to yo. So Judy closed the accounts, and then I think she went to the detective to confess. Because then I have a note that says, how is a confession not enough for an arrest, even without another investigation? Cops, law and order, help me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, she took her to the storage unit. That's right. She took the detective and then the detective saw, well, the piece, there was boxes of um, like records or whatever that showed the money laundering that Mm -hmm. Steve had been doing. And then... Yes. I thought there were, like, she had saved pieces of the car, or there was something. Tying them to the car. Tying them to the car. Um, and so the detective, you know, was like, oh, they're they're going to dig in. They, mm-hmm. they, the storage unit's ours now, and we're yeah. going to start looking for evidence. Um, but it almost seems like she did it in a way that it could potentially set Steve up, like frame Steve for the murder. Sure. Or the the accident, the car yeah. accident. The hit and run. Yeah. Manslaughter. Manslaughter. Yeah. Let's <laughs> get technical. <laughs> Call it what it is. Um involuntary vehicular manslaughter. But again, that too is kind of like we don't know. They didn't mm-hmm. you know, we just saw that scene yep. and like we don't know what's gonna happen with that. Yep. But that's kind of where I feel like they're going with it. Like they're gonna try to make it look like so maybe like Steve is the guilty one. So assuming that like season two. So initially, yeah, my thought was like season two is like, okay, you know, clearly they have to deal with like a dead body, Steve being dead and all of that. But kind of going off what you're saying, if it was if if Judy was trying to set it up to make it look like it was all Steve and then they could potentially play it off as like a self-defense kind of thing of Jen mm-hmm. being like, he came here aggressively looking for Judy because he was mad that she cleared out the accounts mm-hmm. um, and he was getting violent and aggressive and self-defense. So if the cops think that they have a full case against Steve, but now he did, well, case closed, new adventure. Right. right. <laughs> and considering it's like a half an hour long show, I can see it maybe going that route and just kind of cleaning that up within the first couple episodes and then carrying on with whatever shenanigans they may get into after that. I don't know. Or it could be that carryover from season one from the finale will carry into season two for a good chunk of the season. 
We'll see. I just hope I don't have to wait like two fucking years for it because <laughs> I, I mean, it's been a few weeks since I watched it and I barely remember <laughs> what I've seen You'll and have what to I've go written back down. And rewatch it. Yeah. Which is, you know, I'll I'm have always to do happy. that anyways with all, all the seasons, like with Game of Thrones, for example, I had to go back and watch a bunch of episodes mm-hmm. just to remember and whatever. It happens. It happens. I just, I guess in a sense, I do kind of appreciate these shorter seasons shows seem to be doing lately because um, it does make a rewatch easier versus, um, you know, seasons that still do full seasons of like 20 or more episodes mm-hmm. all at like 45 minutes a piece. I'm just like, oh, that's so much. That's a good point. Like I, I always want more. Yeah. Like, you know, watching Stranger Things. I finished mm-hmm. Stranger Things 3, Yay. by the way. Um, I always want more. Yeah. But... That show is also an hour long. I love that mm-hmm. this show, Dead to Me, was 30 minutes. Yes. So it made it just clip right along. Yep. It was super easy to binge, mm-hmm. and it sucked me in. Um, so, yeah, rewatching it, it's a little bit easier. Yeah. Versus, like, having to rewatch a season with, hour, like, every episode's an hour. Yeah. Um, Should we wrap this up? Yeah, we can wrap this up. So, yeah, because we're hitting almost, we're at 50 minutes, so... So, final thoughts of Dead to Me, season one, and any predictions you might have for season two? Uh, I really like how the show dealt with the aspect of grieving. Um, You know, Judy and Jen's friendship was forged in grief. Like, Mm -hmm. it was, that's kind of how they... What brought them together. Brought them together. The group. Um, And then, you know, it was just kind of like more validating than anything being a person that has grieved mm-hmm. um and maybe still grieving that uh grief can impact your decisions it like your impulses it can make you a better person it can amplify your maybe not so great qualities you know like mm-hmm. for example Jen and her anger issues like right. they were Beyond the spectrum, yeah. you know, as she was going through this whole process, um, you know, and also showing that how grief brings people together um, or pushes people apart, like with her sons. Yeah. Um, the, the the overall power of grief. Yeah. And how, pe- you know, it kind of also validated that to me, a lot of people, when they're grieving, they use humor or cynicism mm-hmm. to kind of mask what they're feeling because mm-hmm. that's what I do. Um, no, I don't do that. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you right now. Um, but just kind of, it, it kind of made me feel like, okay, how I'm going through this process is not just unique to me. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people, obviously, everyone deals with grief differently, but. A lot of people deal with it in the same kind of ways, too. Like, there's certain, like, points that we all kind of seem to hit. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I would agree. Um, Predictions. Uh, I I think somehow they are gonna set it up where Steve's gonna take the fall for Ted's death for the Mm -hmm. hit and run. Um, I don't, beyond that, I don't really have any other good predictions. Sure. Yeah, because we don't know aside from Ted's death. 
there wasn't really we weren't given anything else really. I mean, maybe they'll bring Nick back somehow. Steve did, so I really yeah. want to see more of Christopher. Yeah. Maybe oh prediction. Maybe yeah. they will reestablish their real estate team yeah. and they'll like do so well that they'll take Lorna down. <laughs> <laughs> That's who they go toe to toe with next season is yeah. Lorna. Lorna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that could be very entertaining. And very frustrating just because of the character herself. Yeah. So well, very good. Um, well, this has been great. I keep kind of thinking of ways like, do I just do kind of like a standard like, all right, thanks for listening, and then just shut it down? Or like how to end each episode since this is like my pilot season and I clearly don't know what the fuck I'm doing other than just <laughs> loving hearing myself talk. And- <laughs> But also not standing the sound of my voice, which is quite the quandary. Um, so <laughs> quandary, quandary, quandary. Um, so yeah, just trying to think of maybe different ways to kind of wrap it up. One episode I did with Laura, she's like, because we did Stranger Things, she's like, top three favorite movies, go. And I was like, ah, and I was like, I don't know. Um, but or we can maybe share like a a good thing. Like a burst my bubble, here's like a positive thing in my real life or just an exciting thing outside of the streaming bubble that's that's happening. Very similar to the um, fucking hoorays of My Favorite Murder, mm-hmm. which is the giant inspiration for me to do this. Um, anything along those? And you have any suggestions? Or are you just like, no, I'll just get this microphone out of my face. I need a new drink. <laughs> <laughs> kind of all of the above. Um my dog is sitting on my lap and her breath is a little horrendous right now. And she keeps breathing <laughs> in my face and trying to lick me. Um, yeah, you're adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like the idea of a positive thing. Um, what is going on in my life that is positive? <laughs> Shit. Um, oh, I I discovered this new band called Future Thieves. And I've been li- li- just listening to the shit out of them. I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are playing in, sh- like, the closest show is Chicago. Um, I'm kind of thinking, playing with the idea of maybe driving down there to oh. go see them. They're playing at this really small venue called Beat Kitchen. Okay. Um, what kind of music? Like, um... I guess indie, Okay, you would call it. Um, <laughs> now my dog is licking my boob. Mm. Um, <laughs> she has no boundaries. Nope. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, I love discovering new music and especially when I can just like binge and, um, kind of lose myself in it. So yeah, I love it when you discover new music because you help me find new music because I am stuck in the nineties and (laughs) two thousands and like, you know, Spotify always does that like summer rewind or your, your playlist from last year. Like my so like pulled up my 2018 playlist and I'm like I'm still listening to half this shit. <laughs> or like they'll do like your weekly. Yeah, I like I like your weekly because that's when I discover new stuff. Yeah, I um yeah for me it's God it's really morphed into more podcast listening than mm-hmm. than music. Um, I got pretty well caught up on most of my podcasts this week, so I just looped back around and listened to Lizzo on repeat for like. 
half the fucking day. <laughs> the album's like 30 minutes long, if that gives oh my you God. any idea of how many times I've re-listened to it in a day. So say it's an eight-hour work day. Every 30 minutes, you're like pressing replay like 16 times, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You know, that's pause awesome in here for, you know, phone calls and bathroom breaks oh, and things. Like but... Work. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like um, my neck's still my neck's pretty good, but it was still a little tight. But then I was like rocking out to Lizzo today, like bobbing my head. And so I'm just like, Al, Al, Al Jen. stop listening to Lizzo. But I can't. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder your neck's messed up. <laughs> no, I'm an old ass bitch. 38 year old woman. Just like. Nothing hurts, but everything hurts. Mm. Um, I guess my um, outside my streaming bubble is just, I guess nothing. I guess it's kind of exciting not not having anything going on, no set plans, travel plans for us this weekend. Um, there's a few things kind of lined up going on. There's like a thing down in Janesville at the mall, like a kids expo, which sounds like it could be cool. But also when I was kind of looking at it, I'm like, it could also be kind of lame. Mm. Um, but then there's like the geek craft expo at the Masonic center in Madison. We went to that last year and it's just like any old craft fair, but it's all like nerdy geeky stuff. So like video games, sci-fi, um, movies, shows, all that kind of stuff. Everything from like, you know, keychains, keychain holders, dish towels. Um, last year there was someone in a stormtrooper costume. So the kids were just like, Oh my God. Mm-hmm. So, um, a couple of things that we checked out there last year, I ended up following some of the vendors on like, Instagram and stuff, so keeping up on or like their Etsy shops because I'm just like you guys right make on. really cute stuff. So we're thinking we might travel up to Madison, make a day of it. There's also like Corn Fest going on this weekend oh, too. That is this weekend, yeah. So and then so yeah, it's just kind of nice knowing that we don't have to do anything if we don't want to. But there's plenty going on this weekend where we're like, yeah, let's maybe try and go do something. So do do one thing, do a thing, put do on pants, thing. get out of the house, at least for a little bit. Yeah. So, and then you know when we drive up to Madison with the kids, I have like the Hoopla app, so we'll download like um, audio books, you know, for the kids, and listen to those on the way up. And then they're slightly less annoying for forty minutes. <laughs> Just slightly. So, well, I guess that's it. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, all six of you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, and yeah, let's do this again. I think your homework, our homework assignment is um, Mindhunter Season 2, which came out today. Yeah, looking forward to it. So we'll um, we'll just try and figure out time to get together once we finish that and with our notes and our bad memories. <laughs> and I don't remember that. And you know what? I fell asleep during that episode and I had to rewatch it. And then I fell asleep again. Um, only not because it's not interesting, but because I'm old and I get sleepy. <laughs> it's true. She's very old. I'm surprised I'm still awake for this. That's the vodka. Um, <laughs> the vodka's kicking in. <laughs> Thanks guys. So, thanks for listening. Um, this has been my streaming bubble. So, Bye. Bye.